Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast, where we're committed today to bringing the Lordship of Jesus Christ to every aspect of our lives. And man, we're talking about an important topic today, the whole idea of how in the world do we bring unity in our culture? How do we help change people's mindsets? Yeah. And how do we win people over to the, the wonderful uh, life of Jesus and knowing him and being a part of his family? Yeah, it was interesting. I came across, you know, last week we did... Uh, we did a study on Atomic Habits by James Clear, and I was kind of browsing on James Clear's website, and I came across this article. Let me just comma there. Yeah. A lot of you have responded to, uh, that that was very helpful to you. I've, I've had commas, people taking notes and writing down, you know, principles, and, you know, that just warms our heart because uh, we want these to be helpful to you, and, yeah. and your feedback is very, very important just to yeah, please keep, 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 keep us coming. on track. Yeah, yeah keep absolutely. it coming. But you, like you said, you, you know, when you, sometimes when you, as, and, and people ask me, hey, what are you reading, and how do you determine what you're reading? A lot of times you strike a, a, a vein of gold, you know, you yeah. hit a, a gold mine and you, you keep pursuing the gold. And so that's what you did this week because, you know, we've enjoyed that book. Yeah, I was um, looking out for other references and I saw I came across this one article and, you know, I thought this is super appropriate for our current uh, season of life and our era in our, in our nation today, yeah. which... Uh, we're striped with all kind of division. Like div division defines our nation today. Yeah. And the, the the title for this article I read is "Why Facts Don't Change Our Minds." That that in the midst of our reality that we see, there's something more is in play besides facts that that, that shapes our opinion. Right. Now, this is frustrating to us on on the surface because you and I have probably you know we're both thinkers, we're worldview mm -hmm. people. Um, we, we like to engage in the battle of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and yet sometimes, and you, maybe you can relate to this. You've shared the gospel with somebody you've given, you know, logical airtight arguments as to if this is true, then this must be true. And this must be sure. Therefore, right. You come to the conclusion, therefore, uh, therefore give your life to Jesus Christ. Uh, and sometimes, uh, in the face of perfect arguments, perfect logic, you know, stuff that makes total sense. You find people that are not necessarily biting. Yeah, and and I, I'm talking about arguments or or debates involving smaller issues than just the gospel, like even basic day to day issues. Like <laughs> I saw you punch that kid. No, I didn't. I'm talking about alternative school days. You know, in which the fact is plain as day, and but but there's a disconnect there. Or or we just we just came <laughs> off of two political conventions. Yeah, where. Both parties are are laying out a vision for America, and and you couldn't, you know, you couldn't look at two more diametrically opposed yeah. explanations yeah. as to what's going on, right. And what's the solution? Two ways to view reality is like how I mean, we, it's so drastically different. Like our it's like parallel universe. I know we're living in different reality, but there's only one set of facts. So right. how how do right. you explain that? Yeah, as Christians, obviously we believe in truth, right? Yeah. And truth does not mean your truth, my truth. Truth right. is truth. It's objective. It's not based on your perception. Yeah, or you know, your feelings or, or anything else or whatever. Yeah, and yet. Uh, and yet, it's like we're living in a world of, like we said, parallel universes where the the facts almost don't matter. Yeah, and you got these highly intelligent, highly educated people who, from my opinion, they might say, anything, say the same thing about me, but in my opinion, are believing these things are totally uh, non-factual or contradicting. And I, I, I don't understand why yeah. until I read this article and gave me a glimpse of why that's the case. So, so he make, he makes the point, you know, that he, he I'm quoting him here, humans need a reasonably accurate view of the world in order to survive. 
Yeah. You know, from a Christian worldview standpoint, we would say that, you know, the world needs to make sense. You yeah. cannot live in a meaningless world. And right. all of these, of course, he doesn't go there. But I'd like to, if I was sitting down interviewing him, I would like to push him towards why that's the case, you right. know. Uh, and, of course, we believe it's because God made the world and, and our lives correspond <laughs> to truth. And we live in a world that makes sense. We live in a world that's that's governed by law. Right. We live in a world that's governed by truths. And so human beings need to have a worldview. In fact, if you have a worldview... Uh, that does not fit reality, you're going to be a very, you know, sick person. You know, you're not going to be able to function within that world. So we're looking for order. We're looking for meaning. The world needs to make sense to us. And yet at the same time, he said, that's not always the overriding factor. In other words, facts Mm -hmm. and all of that don't necessarily, it's not the lead foot. Right. And yeah, accuracy in reality is, is important to a certain degree, but he's saying sometimes something else is much more important. And what is that something yeah, else? And this is interesting part. That the something else is the need to to belong. Wow. Know? So so people will actually, if they fit, if they found a group of people yeah. that love them, mm-hmm. those people can believe the most bizarre, <laughs> yeah. factually inaccurate worldview. Right. But but that need for us as human beings to find our place, to find our tribe, yeah. is yeah. so powerful that you'll actually be willing to believe a lie. Yeah. Or the lie becomes so powerful in the midst of that tribe that, yeah. that it becomes factual to you. Yeah, perpetuate enough that it just becomes your reality. You know, that need to fit in. You know, in high school, we call it peer pressure. Yeah. Well, peer pressure doesn't go away after high school. Uh, it actually, in many ways, increases. Well, and how many times do we say, even in high school, we categorize people? You know, you got the jocks, you got the cheerleaders, right, 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 you got right, the right. brainiacs, you know, you got the thespians, you got the band members. I mean, basically, all those were symbols of of belonging. Mm-hmm. That was the group that you felt the most comfortable with. Sure. And you dressed alike, you talked in your same little language. Uh, but that was a powerful bonding moment. And really, people were looking in that culture for, like, where do I fit? And right. people still do. Like you said, right. just because you're a teenager doesn't mean, or you're now a, a corporate executive, <laughs> right. doesn't mean that you no. lost the need to belong. Yeah, and, and I feel like that that uh, need to belong, and which on the flip side of the coin is that is, is our version from criticism, our, our version from... Um, being kicked out of the tribe, right. whatever you want to call it, is accentuated, is supercharged in our era of social media. Right. Right. So, so, so what you're telling me is if I get all fired up or you get all fired up and we get on our Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and we lay out this fact that exposes, you know, uh, this is funny. This, this is polarizing right now. We can talk yeah. about masks, you know. Um. The, the science for masks, the science against masks, why are we wearing masks? You know, everybody's polarized about that. Right. So we get online and we shoot out our, our latest data on why masks are stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not going to change in, uh, any minds for the most part. And no. why? Yeah, uh, because people have really made out of the minds. And because the, these opinions aren't necessarily based on fact. They're based on their environment and based on their social media tribe and their social media circles. You know, we talk about the phenomenon of likes, the idea of people who likes it or comments and say, hey, you're so smart for doing that. You're so, you know, whatever for right. doing this. Um, that creates that affirmation um, um, to say the right things, to say the thing that conforms to that tribe, you know. So, so these needs are supercharged, uh, uh, accentuated uh, in in a in a powerful way through our social media in a way that we never really experienced before in the history of mankind. And so. if we've, as we've said, 
sometimes the social media platform is we're really what we're doing is we when we say something we gather people that agree with us yeah. we're yeah. not really changing minds right. Uh, right. but we're just simply becoing a lightning rod for people that go yeah I like what Andrew I right. agree with what Andrew right. says right. But when it comes to growing the gospel, spreading the gospel, uh, creating uh, followers of Jesus Christ, people who love him and follow him, uh, we've really got to start going after people's hearts a little bit better, uh, right. as opposed to just their heads. Not It's not an either-or thing. It's right. both and. But sometimes we accentuate maybe the one to the, to the demise of the other. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you throw in the mix of this, the grenade of the cancel culture, Oh, and wow. that makes things so much more complicated too, right? So not only do you want the affirmation and belong, uh, on the flip side is you get canceled altogether. Wow. They shut you down altogether. So, so that's why in our nation you have you see this great division of people who believe in same nation. You might even be neighbors and you believe like completely different things because your differences are accentuated so much more because of this crazy culture we have. Well, and that cancel culture as. Andrew was pointing out, you know, just to, for those of you that might not know the, be familiar with the term, it's this whole thing today that, you know, if you say something or even if you like something, mm -hmm. you know, like recently with the pastor of a mega church who just liked somebody's tweet and somebody said, oh, you, you like this person and, and they demonize that person. And yeah. then this person that liked it ended up getting canceled. In other words, you lose your job, you get fired, you don't get promoted, you're not no longer on the in crowd. And, and so what's happening in America today, there's a really a silent majority of people who maybe disagree, but because that, that culture is being so amplified through the mainstream media, through corporate America, even through professional sports now, if you differ, mm -hmm. boy, the full weight of that group right. comes down on you. And right. what it's going after is our desire to be to belong, to, right. to fit in. Right. And the cancel culture, as you said, is the epitome of you disagree, bam, you know, we're going to make you pay. But this is the interesting part is, again, perception with reality, right? And what social media does, in my opinion, is it... it, it it, it, it presents a picture of what reality may look like, even though that might not be the case. You may post something that 80% of America agrees in and says that's reasonable, that makes sense. Yep. But on social media, okay, the 20% who, who, who hates what you think <laughs> are the one who chimes in and, and comments and give you the dislikes uh, or threatens you or whatever, threatens cancel you. You feel like you're alone, even though that's yeah. not necessarily the case. Yeah. Again, and then we have the mainstream media who, again, are ideologically along a yep. certain spectrum yep. right. that isn't necessarily um, mainstream America. Right. And so, as you said, the, the power brokers, the people who have the largest megaphone, right. Sometimes distort the the accuracy of the picture, but nevertheless, yeah. it's a powerful it's a it's, powerful weapon. It's a powerful weapon, and I think we just need to understand how this works. We need to understand why people are just most people would just cave into whatever the popular belief is, even though you know three days ago they totally disagree with it, but then everyone's agreed. They're like, I guess I agree too. Um, they actually did scientific study that shows that, you know, in the face of falsehood, if everyone else believes it, the more people who believe in that, uh, the more likely the person under the study will actually cave into that. And, and the, the idea behind that being that the drive to fit, the, to be connected, to yeah. belong is right. so powerful uh, that we'll even believe irrational things. Right. Or in that one study you're referring to, it was clear that 
you know, I think it was like, which one's the longest well, line? Are these two long lines yeah. the same length? And they're right. like, obviously not. Yeah, like right? it was a clear discrepancy. Like there's no way that's the, the same the, right. the same length. Right. And yet they caved in because everybody else in the study was told to say that they yeah, were. Yeah, they hire actors who were told to say these two things are the same and they're, yeah. they're not. And the more people they hire as actors, the more likelihood for you to change your mind and say, I got to go along with everyone else. You so know? I guess, you know, bottom line is that in this, in this day of, of uh, cultural... Uh, you know, what opposite pole polarization. You know, we're constantly fighting over everything. We seem so polarized mm -hmm. uh, that maybe we need to start going after people's desires to belong and getting to know people. You know, there's right. that great quote by Abraham Lincoln about, you know, he basically said, "I don't like this guy, therefore I need I must <laughs> need to get to know him." Better. Right, right. And, and you know, right. people that are truth based people, prophetic people, right. were like, "No, you need to just listen to what I'm saying." But right. But the pastoral part of that says, no, no, no. If there's somebody that you really don't like or don't like what they stand for, uh, maybe we need to go out of our way to really get to know them. Well, better. I want to read this part, but before we get there, you know, yeah. I think I think the idea of what we're talking about is not compromise. I'm not saying, hey, we should just go along with the flow. I'm not saying that. Even prophetically, the scripture teaches many times we, we had to go against the flow. Because our ultimate belonging is with God. Right. And our he's our ultimate tribe. Allegiance is to, to him and not to the world. So we can get into all that. But but I think it's good for us to understand that about human nature. And just yeah. in general, most people go along with that. And that dictates your nature, your family. But I want to read this one part. He's, it's very interesting. He says, convincing someone to change their mind is really the process of convincing them to change their tribe. Yeah, that's Think so about that for a second. And ultimately, that's what we are. Like, are, Do we just want to get on a debate and, and break down somebody, or do we truly want to win them for the Lord? And as Christians, we're not really called to just win, 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 right? We're called to not just win the argument, to, it's to win the person, right? Yeah. Yes. It's to love people as uh, as Christ would love them. And we've all found that the, the case before, too. If, so, if you know someone doesn't like you or somebody's coming at your worldview, it's very threatening. Yeah, you know, if, if when when someone's sharing the gospel with you, and if that means mm -hmm. Andrew, what you've currently believed or how you've lived all these years, yeah, has been wrong. Yeah, well, that's really scary. Yeah, because what that says is, you know, what if what I believed is wrong, then what my friends believe is mm -hmm. wrong. Mm -hmm. And my sense of belonging or my sense of tribe, right. the tribe I belong to, right. it means there's going to have to be a change of allegiance. And yep. that, and sometimes that's scary because it's like if you've gone this way your whole life and now you're finding out this isn't true, then where do I land? Yeah. And where do I fit? And where do I belong? And what does that even look like? And that's that's really scary for people. He says right here, nobody wants their worldview torn apart if loneliness is the outcome. So now you're associating not just changing your mind, but changing your mind to loneliness, to being abandoned, to right. being an outcast. Wow. Now, now these are all things that maybe not no one's like actively thinking about that while they're losing a debate. Like I'm going to be lonely. I'm the outcast. They're not actively thinking that, yeah. but that's in the back of their heart and the motivation. I think we need to understand that while we're having these discussions with people is that you're not just maybe attacking their argument, even though you're not meaning to, you're really attacking maybe their identity and yeah. their sense of belonging. Yeah. And that's huge. Yeah, well, and, I, and I'll even, I, I agree with you. Sometimes it's it's not conscious, but sometimes it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I know people that, you know, when you talk about, hey, surrender your life to Christ, follow him. Yeah. Then they connect the dots and they read their Bible and they realize, you know what? I, I If I follow Jesus, then I can't be following my friends because what they're yeah. involved in, I, I can't 
I can't live that way any longer. There has to be a change. And I think for many people, that is the cost. I remember when I was in high school, uh, I had a radical encounter with Jesus my sophomore year. I mean, I realized I I, I was a Christian, but I was powerless. I really wasn't living the gospel. I wasn't impacting any of my friends for Christ. And, And I remember when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I realized, you know what? I said this to the Lord. I said, Lord, if you are my only friend, Mm. then you're worth it. And it was a real dividing line. But I remember feeling that, you know, I'm no longer going with the crowd, with my old tribe, uh, that if I'm going to follow Jesus, I might, it might give that feeling like I'm going alone. Right. And uh, and for a season, it was that. But I think the Lord, having the Lord versus the tribe, if he was my new tribe, then I had to come to a place where I said, he's worth it. Yeah. Um, and I, so I think people, you know, that is the tension point between, it's this constant dance between truth yeah. and belonging and, and what does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are times in which, uh, for the, to, to pursue the truth, we are going to have to forsake our tribe, our, 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 old, used, tribe. our old tribe, yeah. what we're used to. And there might be a time of pursuing loneliness. Now, I think it get again, in general in nature, no one wants to pursue loneliness. But God, so you look at the scripture over and over again, men of God and women of God have been called to go on journeys of loneliness, abandon their tribe. Look at Moses, look at Joseph, yeah. losing their tribe to have a time of intimacy with God. But but eventually it is restored and they have a oh, new yeah. tribe. You know, and we love to say this, you, you never... <laughs> You never give up anything for the gospel. Uh, you know, the denial of yourself never results in less. Yeah. It always results in more. It's an invitation to more. But that initial feeling of forsaking all to follow Christ, you know, and facing loneliness and the prospect of loneliness, yeah. uh, I think is part of the the embracing of the cross and yeah. the following the Lord that we yeah. have to be willing to do. The, the fruit of that is always more, right. more relationships, right. more friendships, more of Jesus, more intimacy, you know, greater life together. Right. It's not a call to loneliness. Right. But initially, at least sometimes it's portrayed that way. Absolutely. You know, you gave some good examples of, you know, Abraham, where the Lord said, leave your family, forsake your family, mm-hmm. uh, go, follow me to a place that I'm going to show you. He didn't know any of that. Right. You know, it was right. the ultimate truth and encounter with God over peer pressure and, and belonging. The, I, this was another example that I came to. It's with Jesus in Luke chapter, um, I believe it's chapter 20. It says, one day as Jesus was teaching the people and preaching the good news in the temple, the leading priests and the teachers of the law and the elders. So, so that was their whole tribe, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That tribe of belongingness came to Jesus and they said, by what authority are you doing these things? And they said, who gave you this right? And I love this because, and this is a good principle for us. Um, you know, I was reading, uh, when you look in the Gospels at how Jesus conducted his business, mm-hmm. Uh, I believe there were only two times uh, that this author was saying where Jesus answered a question. The rest of the time, and I think it was hundreds of times, Jesus asked questions. What a great strategy. So instead of being confrontational and telling you, uh, I'm going to ask you instead, and I'm going to draw you in through relationship into life change. So that's what Jesus did here. He said, let me ask you a question first. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven, or was it merely human? Now, now this is a simple question, right? Mm-hmm. A or B? Right. But that's right. not what was happening because right. of this principle that we're talking about of belonging. <laughs> yeah. What, what were the What were the Pharisees doing at that point? Right. The, the, they're counting. They're doing a mental calculus. Right. Based on okay, if we say this, then this is going to happen. If we say this. This is going to happen. I mean, they were totally, you know, placing their bets based totally on relationship. Yeah. 
They were sending out their public relation uh, press to go out there and do a quick survey, <laughs> see which way is the wind blowing today. What's yeah. going gonna to cost Let's us do the a quick, most? Quick tw Twitter survey. Do you guys want A or do you guys want B? You want pepperoni pizza or sausage? You know, yeah. you know, and that's why a lot of people run their business today is through whatever they the winds of social media or impressions or whatever, and that's what the Pharisees were doing. Yeah, and so so they're. They got together. They'd say, hey, Andrew, what do you think? Yeah. And uh, I don't know, Pastor Ron, what do you think? Well, you know, if we can't do offend this, this crowd, we're going to yeah. offend this crowd. If we say this, we'll offend these yeah. guys. So they basically turned to Jesus, who asked them a simple question, <laughs> yeah. and he said, uh, we don't know. Right. And then Jesus said, well, then I don't know either. You know? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you uh, that. Yeah, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. tell you. Um, but again, it's, it's, it just shows you how fallen, sinful human nature you know, yeah. operates. Yeah. And I love what you were sharing even about some some neighbors, you know, around you that maybe you, you differ on certain things, maybe politically or socially, your ideas about things. Sure. Um, but all of a sudden, there's a baby coming. Now there's fatherhood coming. Mm -hmm. um, and now you're going, hey, there's a bridge here mm -hmm. where I can use that. So that's just an example of our neighbors. But talk about that for a little bit, you know, on this on the belief spectrum, you know, from people who might share your beliefs perfectly being a 10, people who don't share your beliefs at all being like a zero or a right. one. How do we bridge that gap and, and where should we be spending maybe our, our most of our time? Yeah, and, and something you said here I thought was very helpful was is the, the spectrum of belief. So if you break down your belief from a scale to one to 10, so, so say if I'm on seven on the spectrum, he says it's really hard for me to convince someone who who's like a zero or the one on the spectrum. He said the best people for me to influence are those who are on the six or eight on the spectrum. Sure. Who are really close to me. They're closer. In other right. words, you, you have more in common than you have right. not in common. And, and they, they shared some study that showed that, you know, the people who are most going to listen to you are those people who are really agree with 98% of, of the things that you believe in. It makes sense, right? Like, yeah. here's my pastor. He and I agree on most things already. When he shares a new idea... There's much more chance for me to 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 hear him out, to say, hey, oh, that's an interesting idea. Let me do a little study. Let me be open-minded about that. There's someone who I knew just don't like me, uh, hate my ideals, hate my worldview, and then he gives me a new book. I was like, I'm not going to read that. Yeah. You know? or, you, or you've got nothing in common nothing. with them. So I guess right. the point being, like, so I'll ask you a question. So why would you trust me if I throw out a new idea that initially go you go, wow, you know, never heard about that before. Yeah. I never looked at it that way before. Mm -hmm. Or that challenges one of right, my beliefs. Right. Why are you more open with me? Well, because you have credibility. Because of all the things we agree with. Because I know you care about me. Because there's history of you being successful. What you said has been successful in my life. So there's a sense of you You already trust me because of the relationship yep. that we have. You know that I, I'm for you. In fact, that was one of the points he brings out in the book. Talk about that whole principle of kind and and the root word because that's really what we're you know the the, the whole idea of a tribe and kinship yeah you talk kind kind the word kind from kin which is family you know so being kind is basically treating them as if they're your family so when you're in the family of them if you're a family together now there's credibility now we can lower my guard lower right. my my shield and actually be receptive to new ideas. I mean, you, you guys all been in debates with people in which there's no winning in this because even if you win, you lose because the shields are up, the, are, the defenses yeah. are up, and I mean, nothing you say can penetrate. There's no learning going on there. Exactly. They're just offenses, right? I know, I know when I ran for <laughs> office, uh, you know, we'd have, uh, occasionally there'd be a debate. Mm -hmm. And what always cracked me up about the debates was the only people that would show up for me were my ardent supporters. Yeah. 
and the only per people that showed up were my opponents were their ardent supporters. Yeah. You know, my mom was on this side, his mom was on that <laughs> side. And so at the end of the night, it was really an exercise in futility because yeah. we already had the camps. Right, there. right. Nobody was changing. And, you know, we were attacking each other right. on the basis of ideas. So right. I wasn't going to change your ideas. You're right. going to change my right. ideas. Right. And really, we weren't going to change the right. audience's ideas because they already knew what they believed in. I had no relationship with their camp. And this candidate had no relationship with my camp. Right. So nothing was really happening there of significance because right. of belonging and lack of relationship and all those kinds of sure. things. Sure. And, and, and again, this is what happens when you emphasize on the differences. And what I've learned is, you know, most people in our neighbors, I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, overtly, again, sometimes, you know, we emphasize on, on the, the, the big hot topic issues. But if you talk about day-to-day -day issues, right. we're mostly the same. People we all, basically we want the same thing. Want the same thing. We all want to have stable jobs. We want to love our kids. We want our kids to be successful. We want us to be healthy. We want us to be successful. And we want safety and, right. and all those different things. In general, we want the same things. But, but our culture is so uh, certain, are focusing on so, these, so much on these explosive, divisive issues right. that that's the first thing we jump to. And next you know, a wall is a barrier up and you can't have a conversation anymore. So looking, looking for the common ground. Look for the thing you know I, I remember um, one of the things that I've said you know preached before is that every single human being every yeah. single human being no yeah. matter where in the world you live we all have one common desire and at base level and that's the desire to be happy absolutely and so find those things that bring us happiness yeah. and let that be you know whether it's our kids our jobs you know you said safety right. uh, prosperity uh, a nice house you know whatever yeah, whatever it is, find yeah. those common areas Use that as a launch pad for building relationships. Absolutely. You build those commonalities. You show that you care about people. You share that, hey, I'm a normal person. I'm not weirdo. I'm not like some weird cultist or whatever. You know, we care about our kids like everyone else. And then there's common things we can talk about. And then we build off of that. And there's understanding and there's open-mindedness and there's growth. He said, he says, we don't jump from the scale from zero to 10. We right. slide down the scale one at a time, you know, and sometimes we we gotta allow people to have the room to, to go up or down the scales. Instead that's of really saying, good. well, you're not where I'm at, so see you later. Right. No, let's focus on the commonalities. Right. And we're gonna, you know, and our, we're actually gonna do two episodes on this particular uh, topic today because what we wanna do is really transition next week into giving you a couple very practical ways you help slide people along in this journey of life simply by loving them, but very practical ways on how we do that. But let's get practical for Living Stones because I'm yeah. really excited. Uh, I want you to give everybody a little bit of, you know, we've been in this series called Supernatural yeah. Provision. Yeah. And I've heard so much good feedback on that. And this coming Sunday, we're going to wrap it up, but you're the one wrapping it up. And we're doing this intentionally because we've got something we're getting ready to launch in the church that's very, very important as yeah. it relates to belonging. And I want you to talk to and maybe give us give us a little insight to what direction you're going on Sunday and why it's important. Yeah, and and you know, every fall at Livingstone's church we launch um our life group semester. Yeah. And um we make a big deal of it, and it is a big deal because uh, our life group really is our our, our pastor, our connection, our a community community unit. It's know? our belonging, belonging place. unit. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you know, we we acknowledge on Sunday morning. You know, yeah, we get together and worship together. It looks great, but to get to uh, the, the level of community and intimacy we want between our friends and so forth, we need another gathering place. Yeah, and that's what the life groups, uh, the purpose of the life group is. And and this week, I want to talk about. Uh, the supernatural provision of God 
is is given to us through our community. Right. You know, a lot of times we 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 focus on um, uh, what we don't see instead of looking for the resource that's already around mm-hmm. us. And God uses the people who are already around us. Um, to bless us, to encourage us, yeah. to to lead us, to help us grow, yeah. and we just need to have the eyes to see that. Well, so. and I, let's get real practical here, you know, because we got a lot of wonderful ministries that build community. But yeah. let's say you, you uh, just came to know the Lord, and you used to spend your Friday nights uh, out drinking, partying, uh, sleeping around, doing drugs, uh, whatever it is that that you used to do, and now you get saved and you come to know Christ. And you realize, you know what? If I'm going to grow in my walk with God, my Friday night routine is going to yeah. have to change. I need a new tribe. I need a new tribe, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's like, what do, what do I do now? Right. Well, the good news is there's lots to do now. And there's yeah. a lot of people that are running after the Lord and really wanting to live a life that's meaningful and a life that's free and a life that's fun. Uh, yeah. but, you, but like you said, who's my tribe? And that's really right. our, our life groups are about finding your tribe. And we want to be intentional about that. We don't want to hide hide this. Like you know, we just keep throw people the message, uh, the the gospel. Yeah, that the gospel message is powerful. But how about inviting them into a community yeah. along with that yeah. and to help them grow? Because the message is not just the gospel; it's discipleship. And discipleship, we can talk about this before. Discipleship requires a community. Yeah. It requires people it's doing life together. Doing life together, absolutely. Jesus created a community. He lived with his disciples. Yeah. They went everywhere. And, and here's here's what this this podcast is saying. Our community is better than the world's community. Yeah. Our our community and what we believe in and what we the way we live is going to produce better fruit in your life, more satisfaction, more joy, uh, more freedom, more life to the fullest. I mean, that's the promise that Jesus gives uh, as the truth. And so, this is where truth and belonging come together. Uh, is in the body of Christ, where you gather around what is true and what Jesus says is true, and then you find great community and belonging in the midst. So I'm excited about this Sunday. I'm excited about life groups. Uh, We have so many new people that are coming uh, to the church. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're looking for friends and you're looking for family and you're looking to belong, um, then we want to encourage you to come on out and and join us. Uh, We meet here at Living Stones three different times on Sunday, 8.30, 10 o'clock and 11.30. Uh, We've got marriage ministry happening in the afternoon which is a little tribe all by itself yeah, that's another community yeah. another community we have we have life groups which is a great community we have celebrate recovery we've got great tribe we've there. got so yeah. many different ministries each of those ministries is a tribe you know yeah. we got people that love worship and production and music and sound and all that that's a that's yeah. a tribe i mean yeah. there's so many places we have youth tribes we have children's tribes uh so many places that come together and to experience life in community uh, which is part of what the gospel is all about. Yeah, and so any final comments on uh, on this as we set set ourselves up for the next episode? Yeah, you don't want to miss next week. <laughs> <laughs> and if you enjoy this, I encourage you, uh, please like and share these episodes because we really want to get the word out. We want to share the good news about the superiority of the Christian <clears throat> worldview and Jesus in general and how his lordship brings life to everything that he touches. So, hey, how about this? You know, What would be a practical thing you could leave somebody with uh, based on what we talked about today we live like such a polarized world so much anger so much hostility i mean even being expressed in burning things up and destroying things and hurting one another and just a lot of uh a lot of ugliness out there. So yeah. if you're watching this podcast what what would you I would say fine think of a person who you know who might the the 
there might be some difference between you and this person. Yeah. And and when you see them next, or when you interact with this person next, focus on what are the commonalities. It might be the fact that you're both fathers, or you both have kids, or you both have an interest in something general. You know, just as general as you need to yeah. be. Focus on the commonality and talk about that instead of the whatever divisive issue. Just try it. I'm not saying we shy away or compromise from our our stance our, uh, on the truth of the gospel. Right. However, just Leading into it, focus on a commonality first and just see what happens. Right, that's good. So. And I would just say this. Why don't we focus intentionally on being kind this week? Because if you're, <laughs> I'm help too. If you're kind, you'll build kin. Yeah. And, and you know, people that are kind are people that are never uh, at a lack for friends. Yeah. And uh, so the kinder we are and the more loving we are, the more relationships we're going to have, the more connections we're going to have, the more power to influence we're going to have. Uh, and that's what it's all about. So, Lord, just help us this week to be like you, to love, to serve, to reach out, to connect with people, and to be kind so that we can build a great family of kin. Help us to find our tribe and help your tribe, Lord, to continue to grow uh, as we share the gospel and we share the good news with others. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next week as we pick up part two.